this is Shark Pants Free Radio. Gamers, get your ears on because we're blowing the speakers out. Grimdark Live. It is time for Grimdark Live. This show is for the nerds, the outcasts, the weirdos. And for short pants gamers? No, not you. Ah, crap. Get ready, all you grimdark goons, for dice, dragons, demons, and a dwarf. Only right here on Grimdark Live. Hey, welcome to Grimdark Live, the weekly webcast for all things Dice Dragons, Demons, and a Dwarf in the Warhammer Worlds. I'm your host, Patrick, and as always, my co-host, Gary. What do you hear? What do you say, bud? It's Tyranid time. It is Nid. Bugs. We got bugs in the house, man. Yeah, that's going to be... Everybody knows it, how this story ends. The only thing (laughs) left is Tyranid. It's just a matter of time. That's it, man. All this other stuff is just procrastination on what it's actually going to happen. Yeah, you know what? You can't you can't hide from the bugs, man. You can't do it, dude. So, but hey, before go ahead. See, he's jumping so, out of his seat, folks, man. He's got but he well, got he well, got ants in his pants, bugs all over the place. I, I want to say something. And all your imperial players out there, are like, yeah, we do exterminatus and win. When you destroy the planet, you don't win either. That's at best a tie. <laughs> yeah, wasn't that that like mid '80s nuclear plan thing? That didn't, you know. Yeah, I yeah. get it. Didn't work out for Starship Troopers. It won't work out in 40K either. Negative. No, you're absolutely right about that. But hey, folks, hello, and and thanks for uh, for being here with us on another Grimdark Live show. And if you like our show, please don't forget to give us a like or subscribe if you haven't already done so. But hey, Gary, I know that uh, I know that you wanted to get into the uh, the Nids right off the bat. I mean, that that's kind of your army. I get it. That's one of your 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 many armies that you play uh, and really pride yourself on. But I want to I want to kind of throw this out there. Uh, did you? Uh, did you happen to see Mini Wargaming's battle report? You know, the uh, Imperial Knights versus Space Wolves? Because I'm only saying this because I know Space Wolves is your other other army. Did It just came out on Monday. Did, did you happen to see that one? I haven't seen that yet, but I already fear what's coming. What are you talking about? I can't even have a conversation with you anymore before you get all touchy like that. Here, okay. let me just... Anytime somebody gets that defensive, you know you're right. Wait a minute. Hold on a minute. Now calm down. I know you got you know you're thinking about bugs, but here it is. So 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 here it is. Currently, I know that you play Space Wolves, and I and, and and I myself here I play Imperial Knights. You know, well, kind of. So hold on a minute. Now before you get all you know crazy here. So you know I, this this battle report that was on Mini Wargaming. I, I suggest everybody out there watching this right now, please go over to MiniWarGaming.com and watch this battle report. It's really, it's, it's almost an artistic display of how the game should be played. But it went four battle rounds, and, and you want to know, um, you want you want to know who won, Gary? Did I, did I mention that to you? Did I mention that? Who won? Uh, you haven't mentioned it yet. You did ask a question, which isn't mentioning who won. That's preloading for me to say Tyranids, and then you go into some crazy night trance rant about no how it only went four rounds you are so close let me tell you something. but here's the thing we're, we're, and, and gary i want to say this on our friendship because we are friends i want to i want to say this right now we're, we're not here tonight to talk about the bare ass wolf spanking that the knights gave those space poodles nope we're not we're not here to talk about that you know we're just i'm just going to allude to the fact that maybe you should go and watch that lovely artistic display of knights versus uh wolves space, uh, space wolves were you piloting the knights I'm you know, guess I, I think I think that's a detail that's better left out of this conversation, Gary. I right. just think I think the over under on what happened is really the important fair, piece. Fair point. Selective reporting. Understood. <laughs> <laughs> 
That's it. That's it. But all right, you you dice chucking glue sniffing gamer goons, here we go. Tonight we're gonna be talking bugs, man. Tyranids, nids. What else do you call them, Gary? You got tyranids, nids. What what else? Bugs. What's the other um, name for them? I, I call them the end because in the end, that's that's all it is. Nobody knows where they come from or what they're doing. Um, I, I do call them bugs as they go through it, but they are the apex predators of 40k. Yes, that's what their um, lore has always been. And like one gene stealer is terrifying. Anytime you hear about nids, it's never like, oh, that's no big deal. No, it's like, well, I guess we're just going to have to move because this is no longer a good place for us to stay. Yeah, where, there, where there's one, there's a bazillion more. But, you know, all seriousness, to kind of kind of bring the conversation down here a little bit and warm it up, you know, you you are a nids player. And, folks, I want to say something about Gary. You know, he was a damn good tier nids player. Uh, I, and I, I didn't hear that from him. I heard that from a lot of other people that have gamed with him against him. You know, you had a reputation out there, a very, a very positive one as far as being the Nids player. So I want to ask you this sitting right now, ninth edition, here we are. Uh, how are Tyranids looking so far in ninth edition? I mean, war, warm us up. Don't, don't let's not, let's not give away the goods yet, but warm us up on that one. Right. Well, they have a lot of play with different abilities and it also goes to the general to go through them. But right now they're kind of up against it. Uh, they have one of the oldest books. The um, rules don't really favor them too well to go through it, but they do have some lists that are very, very good that just kind of road stomp some of the higher the metal lists that are out there. And, and other than the recent ones with Admech that just came out. So they are, they won some GTs. Whenever I say they, um, you also have to look at the player because I think that's something that we need to talk about on the show at some time right. or make one of the stable about it being a social contract. I get so tired of hearing, well, Tyranids won this GT. No, John Lennon won a GT and he's one of the best players in the world. So people will then fall into that trap of, well, I'll just make that list and go win. That, that's not how that works. Right. It's uh, one of the statements that you have said is when you open that big, beautiful box and you get that, fresh smell that comes out of it of all the new plastic and the books that's in it. And then you dig around and realize, Hey, this didn't come with a gamer. <laughs> yes. You know? Yeah. So I have to play this the right way. And that's the challenge. And turn-ins are great. If that's what you're going to play with, because you will need to dedicate your time to figuring out everything they do and what the best builds are. And there are a lot of builds that are varied and don't ever go with the people going, hey, uh, those things are terrible. Don't use them. Don't do that. Play with them. Use them. Proxy them. Do whatever you got to do a bunch of times. And maybe find a niche for them. Because there's many times that turning list is one. And people were like, well, they got lucky. Well, that's because you don't want to say you were wrong on that army and list being good. Right. So back to your original question. How they're faring at night? I think they're faring okay. okay. They're... The, the middle of the road that, that's sitting down there. And if you dedicate to it, you can bring them up above that road. My idea of up above the road is you're going four and one at a GT. Okay. That well, means you are in contention, but at the end of the day, you run into somebody with your play skills are here, but your list is here because of your book and theirs is here. Yeah, you can see the outcome where you usually wind up at. Because you, you can play everything perfectly and still lose. Do you think a lot of it has to do with the fact that they're playing with an 8th edition book? Oh, 100%. Okay. 100%. That's the fact they're playing with the 8th edition book. 
okay. to go through because there's essentially two builds right now that are meta-wise that are going to go through it. And that is uh, you take 350 bodies and you swarm the board and you pretty much only play in the movement phase. Or you take three big, huge monsters called Demacarons and you just jump over and kill stuff. Yeah. That, the two receptive ones that are going there. So. And, and we're going to get into definitely the list builds and, and more into where they stand here as presently ninth edition 40K. But they're, all right, I, I want to kind of tie something together and I'm going to kind of use a little bit of my neophyte knowledge here for this. But as I seem to recall, um, going back to eighth edition, Gary, um, yeah. was some real improvements with the Tyranids. Uh, and and I, I think one of them came up, I think it was eighth edition that introduced the, um, and I only remember this from, from, from playing my knights, was the rule of three. I think that was something a product of eighth edition, well, um, and and I think that that um, update nerfed flyrants and and the lists well, that, that and and I I don't think I I've heard people say and again I folks I am not a Tyranids player, but you as a Tyranids player Gary can maybe answer this I've heard people say that that's really what 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 hurt the Tyranids at that point and returned them and, and they and they never really returned I should say to that top tier competitive no, circle. That was, um, is there any truth to that? No, that's 100% true. What you're, you're referring to is there used to not be a rule of three. So you could take seven flying hive tyrants. So I took seven flying hive tyrants, three Molochs, and some other stuff to LVO and finished 26th. I lost to a better player that was using, uh, you ready? Seven flyrants and four Molochs. So it was pretty much carbon copy of the list, but he had made his own tweaks to it and he wound up winning. I will say this he won Adepticon, and I'm the only person that he didn't get a max four against. So, okay. you know, I'll go with that. But in fairness to go through it, here's another thing that's important whenever you're talking about stuff like that. Tyranids weren't overpowered. The rules weren't good. When you let me take seven of okay. those, All right. that, that's, that, that's, that was the issue. It wasn't the Tyranid book was being overpowered. And when you do that, um, folks, you're not going to get better at the game. When you play with a list that is just that good and that overpowered, it does not make you a better general. Matter of fact, right. you probably lose some skill level going through and doing that because you can look across the board and go, well, unless this guy is the uh, Albert Einstein of Blood Angels, this game's over. Okay. Yeah, Before you know what? I, I really like the way you put that. I, I do. I, I think that's, that was a, that was a classic way to put it. But more to come on the Tyranids here, folks. You're going to hang around for that because uh, we're definitely going to be getting into the meat and potatoes of this army uh, and, and really where we think they stand currently in Ninth edition and if they're even improvable and playable. Uh, but for now, Gary, what do you think, man? Are you staying true? Are you sniffing glue? What do we got? I am 100% staying true. I just uh, built some Space Wolf stuff. I've got a minimum of six games coming up this weekend. Oh, yeah. Storm. Shout out to Mr. Chris Duncan running an event out there. There's an invitation on Friday that I'm going to, and then there's five rounds between Saturday and Sunday that I'm going to, and then coming back with the old uh, Space Wolves. And it's not Tyranids, and I'll get to that and the reason why. Not It's not always about – actually, I'll do it right now real quick. It's not always about the faction that you love if it's not the play style that you love. Okay. So, I've never yeah, actually heard that before, but I like that. I'm, I'm going to steal that yeah. from you. Why not? You stole everything else from me. See, see. I barely, I barely have a shirt, folks. I'll tell the truth. I got to lie to do it. But no, here's, uh, here, here's, here's my, my thing. I'm definitely, um, 
I'm definitely staying true. I'm I'm really working on. I've got my 13 uh, Armager list that's happening. I've got them. I'm priming them, painting them. I'm I'm working on decals. I really don't like decals. I want to say that openly right now. And if anybody likes to share their their uh, their lamenting hatred for decals with me, I'm all ears, man, because uh, uh, I really don't like those things. And I got a really cool scheme. I'm not going to give it up yet because I really want to. I really want to get them out on the table and take some pictures, maybe even a battle report when I break it open. Uh, but um, the, 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 the scheme that I'm painting them all in, I think is going to be pretty cool. So I'm loving it. I really am loving, and you know, you know, it's easy to really love 40 K when you've got a training wheels army like Knights, but, um, I'm a product of that, man. I love big snoppy robots. I'm, I'm invigorated with this army and, um, and, and you know, yeah, it's baby Knights, but you know, that's, that's where you got to play them now. I mean, right, Gary, I mean, that's, that's really the only, uh, yeah. for, for and... longevity purposes. You know, if I want to compete, I think that's, I think that's the only way I can really play them. I agree, and we're friends, right? Sure. Currently. At least, at least we are today. I don't know about tomorrow, so, so I don't I'm know just... how it's going to be in two minutes after this next statement. <laughs> um, if, if you're playing with knights currently, they don't have a book. Right. They are one of the hardest ones to win with. Right. Before that, though, I do want to preface that they will just completely annihilate some armies, yeah. but then there's some armies that they just cannot do enough to to do anything and it turns into a uh, effort and futility of trying to win stuff when you can't keep people off of objectives and they're taking out two nights a turn, maybe three if they have hot dice. And by the time turn four comes around, they're still sitting on three or four objectives and you got three nights like, okay. Yeah. You know, but that's something if you realize as a night player that's going to happen, not could, that's going to happen. Then you then you understand that, but then like any good general, but I say that loosely because 40 K player, any good gamer will try and adjust to do their best to fix that. Right. Yep. Yeah. And and you know, and and I like the way you put that, but yeah, that, that's my thing, man. I am really loving this, uh, uh, this time in my hobby. Uh, I'm really enjoying the nights. I really, I I, honestly, I think I like the, I think I like the baby nights, the Helverns, the Armagers, the Moraxes, a heck of a lot more than the big nights right now. Maybe that's just play more. I do. I do. And, And I love it. Uh, but but going, all right, my turn's over. Yeah, right. exactly. All right, I'm gonna go get a sandwich. All right, right, so good stuff, man. We got we got stuff coming up in the news, Gary. I think you're gonna like what we got coming up in the news. I think I you'll like so. it. All right, here we go. I'm very disappointed so far. <laughs> Six Squared Studios. Six Squared Studios. I'll say it again. Six Squared Studios. Six Squared Studios are the real terrain nerds you all need to be getting your terrain from. Get your commercial laser-cut MDF bases, silicone molds for resin prints, game and hobby accessories like 15-28mm to 28 millimeter terrain, 15-28mm figures, and 15-28mm vehicles, and a lot more. Get your nerd on with Six Squared Studios. Check them out at sixsquaredstudios.ca. Again, that's sixsquaredstudios.ca. Six Squared Studios. Hey gang, today's news is brought to you by Six Squared Studios. Yep, an awesome company for all your gaming and hobby needs. Six Squared Studios. I'll say it again, Six Squared Studios. So get your nerd on with Six Squared Studios. Check them out at sixsquaredstudios.ca. Again, that's six-squaredstudios.ca. Six Squared Studios, where tabletop terrain is made by gamers for gamers. Just like their saying goes, gaming accessories made by gamers for gamers. Six Squared Studios. Six Squared Studios. 
Tabletop Terrain by Expert Nerds for Exceptional Nerds. All right, as I was saying, uh, before we got, went, went for the break for the, uh, for the commercial before the news, Gary, I think you're going to like this news topic that we got coming up here because uh, this is kind of right up your alley, man. This has to do with a, uh, a Castellan crow. Are you, uh, you familiar with that dude? I am, and um, out of everybody that needs a rework, he's the one. Yeah, well, I, I, he's getting it, man. He's getting it. And apparently, uh, uh, this guy is a uh, – he leads the purifier order of the Grey Knights, right? I mean, is there any other kind of Grey Knight than a damn purifier? I mean, it doesn't oh, yeah. sum up everybody. I, I'm kidding. Oh, no, no, no. I'm joking around. He's not joking. He doesn't know. But <laughs> – but apparently, this model comes with a, uh, I guess there's going to be a bigger scale. I think they were talking about something with a, with an increased size. I don't think it's going to be quite Primaris sized, uh, but no. I, I think it's going to be larger, if, if that's a good way to put it. What yeah. do you know about this guy? It has a little bit more, um, um, let's say. Girth? Joe I have no idea. Not, no, more um, like the base, instead of just being a dude that's on the base, he's got like a little diorama that goes with him or whatnot. Oh, okay. But so, right. no, he, he wields this uh, Blade of Anwar, and it's nobody really knows what it is, other than it's like the belief is that it is possessed by a demon, and he is the only one that can control it. So, I don't know how much you are up on the Grey Knights, but they are supposedly incorruptible demons can't do anything to them right i remember you they saying that yeah, I remember that's a lord they, yeah. they can actually go into the warp all that kind of stuff and his weapon is uh like the haunted sword whenever it comes back and uh gw did a very good way of saying this because he is the only ones allowed to carry a demonic blade to battle but currently his blade does nothing <laughs> okay and in the current setup and so when you're reading it and you're going through it you're like oh man this guy's gonna be awesome it's gonna be so cool to have him on here and he's gonna tear up demons with his weapon when it goes through it and yeah that's that's not really how that works okay because the weapon is called the black blade of antoine right right you ready yeah so brace yourself for these stats here currently. we go let's hear it it's, it's a melee weapon mm -hmm. strength user so strength four uh ap zero damage one okay so it's like getting hit by my sister's kids i don't get it it's like punch somebody in your fist right that, that's just what it does and i'm like how in the world now he's this master swordsman and he is the leader of the purifiers all of this kind of stuff but that weapon is just trash <laughs> yeah it, it, it i mean i gotta be honest with you that blatantly sucks like i don't okay so what's the <laughs> What's the it's, what's the big deal with this guy? I don't get it. But what well, he is, um, the, there, there isn't really a big deal, is there? Well, no, there is. But he is, um, like I said, the leader of the purifiers, and he is so strong that he can actually wield a demon weapon and control it. It still talks to him and all those other kind of things. It's like kind of like D and D. Whenever you have the uh, weapons that are intelligent. And can speak to you and sure. you can hear the weapon while you're holding it it's like that and supposedly he is the only one that can wield it because he can deal with how it's coming through you know it's funny i, I don't mean to kind of take a left turn at albuquerque as we always say here on the show but you know when i think of gray knights i always think of gray knights as the more civilized and mannerful 
close cousin to the Black Templars. Now, I, I know that uh, they, they all kind of have their little quirks as far as Space Marines, you know, but right. it always seems to me when you talk about incorruptible and, you know, as far as, you know, uh, you know, hating the, 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 the Xenos and the Psychers and all that kind of stuff and, and, and the demons, especially chaos. I mean, obviously, I think Grey Knights are probably a step above, in my opinion, um, Black yeah. Templars. But it always seems to me that 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 the army that they both have that very strong similarity towards uh, towards being uh, incorruptible. I guess. I guess. I guess in the fact that if if a black templar is incorruptible, they just they they off them on sight. They kill them right away. And Pretty it much. just seems like gray knights don't have to do that because there's no chance. They're, they're actually not right. They don't have to hide the evidence. Right. So. so I just think it's interesting that they would put a character out like this, and I still I'm not really kind of following. Like, okay, so he's got this. He's got this wet noodle for a sword. I get it. Right. Uh, and and nobody really knows what it does, and it's got right. some kind of it. And obviously, this this demon is like one of the Jerry's kids because I don't get it. I'm I'm lost completely on what why the hype of this guy. I mean, maybe right. But he, well, he was all over the he was all over the, the board, so that's why I put him on the news. But the reason why it's the hype now is because maybe the sword this time actually will do something. Well, I sure hope so. so. Now it's like yeah, being rebuilt because I mean it's a straight from the fandom. It's a demon sword of ancient beyond imagining. The blade first came to the attention of the Grey Knights during the later years of the 37th millennium, during the mad days of a word I can't pronounce, Akusate. So it's, it's a curse that was placed dedicated to savages, herald her- her- gods, all of this power granted to the wielder, control, blah, 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 and it does nothing. A, a-, a starting chain sword is better than this thing. Yeah, I, I, I it, you know, and look, folks. Well, that's it. That was the big part of the 40k news. I'm almost sorry about that. I don't know <laughs> where to go. The model is fantastic. So, uh, so, so Captain Wet Noodle is going to be your new Grey Knight, uh, right. uh, guy. But you know what? I mean, we'll have to see what it really does. Maybe it's not fair to knock him like that. I think the model's beautiful. I, I think the it model's beautiful. The model. I, and I think of the uh, the sculpt. I prefer the one without the helmet. I like the. I, I don't know why. I just that, that kind of struck me as, as something I, I think. Uh, yeah, unless you have to paint that thing, then you put the helmet on. Well, see, I, we all know how I paint. I just, I gave up. I gave up that ghost a long time ago. But, okay. uh, but that's not the point of the show tonight, man. We're talking nids, nope. and folks, we're going to be right back to talk bugs. A public service announcement brought to you by Frag Factory 3D Printing. Many of us have thousands of dollars in miniatures, yet we play on flat tables with books and overturned Tupperware to act as our fantasy and sci-fi landscapes. We've all drooled over the tables we see in magazines lush with beautifully created terrain from all genres. The crew at Frag Factory 3D Printing want to wipe that drool from your chin and put it firmly on your friends and fellow gamers when they see your setup. Alien landscapes, desert wastelands, futuristic cities, fantasy outposts, elven forests, demonic stronghold, and so much more. Find out what you've been missing by checking us out on Facebook at Frag Factory 3D Printing or send us an email at fragfactory3dprinting at gmail.com. Bring your own files or we will help you find what you've been searching for. Take your gaming to the next level with Frag Factory 3D Printing. We print life into your games. Tell them Grimdark Live sent you and your first hour of printing is free. Hey gang, in all seriousness, Get your terrain on the table and get it with Frag Factory 3D Printing. And remember, tell them Grimdark Live sent you and they'll give you one hour free. You can get them via email at fragfactory3dprinting at gmail.com or their Facebook page, Frag Factory 3D Printing. Frag Factory 3D Printing. Printing life into your games. Now, back to the show. 
get the raid, man. We are definitely talking bugs tonight on the show. And uh, yeah, so so here it is, our topic tonight. We're going to be getting into Tyranids here, folks, and uh, and where they stand, the ninth edition, and and, and the whole meta, and uh, get some get some opinions from a guy that's uh, that that's a bug professional, and he and he kind of bugs me to boot too. So I mean, it, it, this is kind of it kind of fits. Uh, so Gary, that all sounds like success. <laughs> that's right. It's a, you got to maximize on your success. Um, so Gary, let's get into this. I mean, let me open up with this. Uh, in terms of raw points, overall, the Tyranids, and I think playability, I think as we said in the top of the game, they, they kind of came out fairly, they're still fairly upper mid-tier. Is that kind of what I'm hearing? Um, they're, once again, based on the general and the build you go with, they can be up in the B-tier, but there's some things that they just cannot um, compete with. Okay. So let's try to start up before we really kind of get into the, you know, you know, peeling back the onion layers on this army. Uh, and I know there's a lot that you've got to say about this army, but um, what, what's the, uh, what's the phrase you always, you always reference them as the hive, the, the hive mind. So uh, how do they, how do they sit pretty well? You know, I mean, how do they, I mean, I mean, I think that they, if, if you're saying B, that sounds pretty good to me. Well, what B means is they can compete with the armies that are in A tier, but not with the ones that are in S. Okay, so you're looking at it from overall power and competitiveness, right? Yeah, that, that's how I'm looking at it to, to go through it. Now, if you're picking up them, and I'll do this for briefly, because sure. we try to be a show that touches not just competitive-wise, but if you're doing uh, narrative or whatnot, they're awesome to play. There's not really anything that happens in 40K lore where Tyranids aren't involved somewhere. Okay. So. You know, they're there. They don't know where they came from. They're terrifying. They're great to play with. And they have some of the best models in the line. And it's not even close. Okay. So yeah. that said, but for a competitive side of things, there's plenty of lists that you can take to go in and do well with. And they're setting in, I'd say, middle B tier, ran by a really good general, bottom A. Interesting. And, uh, might be a little bit biased to go through it, but there's some things that if you don't deal with them or you have a bad round or a bad turn, they can just take the game over. The two biggest styles to play with okay. is what's called Gaunt Carpet. There's a <laughs> cat in Australia, Eric Lothoris. Um, I don't think he's ever lost a game with this style of list. It's um, basically 250 plus Termagants. What a termagant is is your basic Joe troop. Right. Where you he's got one wound and nothing else special, but there's 30 of them. And if they're by a HQ or synapse creature, they're fearless. Yep. Which means they'll take morale checks. Yeah, so, and I, I made a note of that because when we get talking about it here in a little bit, I got a couple of questions on that. So so yep, that's coming so, back around. So so the basis off of that one in 40k, you have to be able to play the mission, which is hold objectives. And you have secondaries, and a lot of the secondaries are based off of board control. So you take secondaries that your opponent can't control. Like, what I mean by your opponent can't control is you can take a secondary that says, hey, if I kill more of your stuff, I get points. Your right. opponent goes, well, I'm just going to hide my stuff, and you won't get any points. You know, so yeah, right. now you take it out of your opponent's control, like engage on all fronts. Is The table is split up into four quarters. If you have something in three quarters, you get two points at the end of your turn. So you take that because Tyranids are going to be everywhere. And you just take, hey, here's 30 fearless bodies, and you send them up, you set on objectives. They have to kill those. 
Because if not, then they're going to go touch everything. You're not going to be able to shoot anything. Right. So you just send wave after wave to go in. And that's very Tyranid style type of play is there's always more where that came from. Yeah. And if you're a good movement and defensive player, the list is painfully annoying to try and beat. Okay. Um, because the synergies that go off with it, you can make all of these negative one to hit when you shoot at them mm-hmm. from a unit. You can take high fleet Leviathan, which means all of them have a six up feeling pain. Most of the time, they're not going to get a save at all, but now they're going to get a six and they're going to be fearless. So you do the math. If there's 30 and you need to kill all 30, you and they didn't get a save, you would need to do 30 wounds. But now if they get a save, so what do you got? Six, 12, 18. You're going to have to kill it over by right. six. Yeah, yeah, which you know, highly, highly unlikely that's going to happen. And that's a, that's the carpet list that you're talking about. Right. But I want to throw the, a couple. Okay, go ahead. Right. I'll, no, no, I'll hold my question. The uh, the second one is there's a Forge World unit called a Demacaron. Sure. Which is just this big, huge monster. And the advantage to him is he has a 12-inch move and he ignores training models. So he can just jump right over stuff. Right. He charges, he can do the same thing. Uh, Tyranids have an ability with a high fleet Kraken that um, they, when you advance or run, you typically roll a D6 and you pick one. Right. Uh, well, with Kraken, you roll three D6 and pick one. So you're getting a five or a six inch move each time. So now this idiot's going 17 inches and there's a psychic power onslaught that lets you charge after you've advanced okay yeah and so essentially without going into all the nuts and bolts of the list you can get to where you can double the advance of one it already moves 12 if you roll a five it's going to go 22 inches if you get the power onslaught off it can now charge and if you play 40k at all you're typically 24 inches apart that means he's two inches from your deployment zone turn one so, so I, yeah. here's my question. I want to throw out here before I lose. You know, and sure. we're we're talking about the the the, uh, the the like a fly heavy Kraken list, and if I were to combine that with say objectives and secondaries and all my little notes here as I'm listening to you talk here, yeah. uh, how okay? I, I just want to I want to throw this back into ninth edition because this is where I have to try to rationalize this army. Okay, <laughs> so how have the you know and I and I'm going to go back to your terrain here. So how have the ninth edition major changes to things like movement, things like terrain, coherency, monsters, uh, what's the other one, the blast, yeah. uh, and others, how they've treated nids? Because here's where I want to go with this. Um, I, I think I think the army that I'm hearing from what you're saying in, in, in a lot of things is that it's going to be that this army is going to be disrupted in a lot of in a lot of ways a lot of core yeah. army functions are i think are going to be impacted by this and i would think that if a player played say uh like you always talked about a hyper aggressive um fly heavy kraken list they're they're probably yeah. going to go back to the drawing board and do you think that's a big problem that you're seeing here with the tyranids are they are 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 people just not playing them because they don't want to go back to the drawing board essentially well there's not currently there's not a lot of drawing board to go to that's the issue they okay. are what they are okay. currently. All right. It's like, oh, we can try this. You can go through this. Right. There's some cool stuff that you can do. But at the end of the day, when you go to look at how they're going to perform and you just take that other, the other list and put it next to them, you can, if you're a competitive player, not a competitive player, let me retract that. If you play 40K a lot and you actually do comparisons, you realize that, hey, 
these 18 warriors right are really good because i can ignore ap neg one and two right so i get sure. my four up save against those but if you go against space wolves and they use one command point you put one unit into assault doctor with lightning claws that entire warrior unit's gone to five dudes sure you know yeah. and now your opsec's gone your troops gone your front line to protect everything else is gone it just doesn't work that way that's why you have the 300 gone so you go okay you killed 30 i don't care here's 30 more and you just keep going and eventually turn four shows up and your opponent's like oh man i didn't get anything because you control the objectives throughout of it. But to answer your question, terrain helped Tyranids quite a bit for the carpet gauntlet. Okay. It didn't help them at all with the Demacaran list because the the rules for 40k for terrain is the big one is obscuring. So if you have a ruin, area terrain that's five inches or taller, it has the obscuring rule, which means if I'm standing behind it and I'm not touching it, you cannot shoot me. Sure. And that's that's one thing I want to bring up to you because that's but the, Dem- real quick. But a Demacaron has eighteen wounds, so it is not benefit. It does not benefit from the obscuring rule. Okay. So as long as okay. you can see it, okay. you can shoot it. So what I'm hearing is dense terrain, right? That Nids players are are um they're preferring dense terrain. I mean, you got a lot oh. of models on the table. You've got these goofy shaped, you know, hunchback spiky monsters. Yeah. And, and I think now with some of the changes in the game, if you draw a line from, you know, from line of sight, right. Just like in, just like in the other game, yeah. uh, base to base, instead of say the whole model, uh, I think it's much easier to hide those models. I think that's a big benefit to Tyranid players, right? Yeah, because all, it, it is. And games workshop put out, it's like, Hey, the terrain needs to be very dense for this edition. And a lot of, uh, this isn't bagging on TOs because I get how hard it is to get terrain sure. up to par. Yeah. Is a lot of armies, Tyranids being one of those, you really, unless you just have fun playing them when you're going to a event. And once again, somebody takes them and wins with them, good on you. But I almost promise you that event had very good terrain because if you're on not very good terrain for, to keep it in the rating zone on <laughs> yeah, the wording please. that I would have for terrain, you're just not going to do well. Like Admech's the current top of the list. Right. If you have crap terrain and Admech goes first and you're Tyranids, you're losing yeah. half of your army. Turn Be- one. Being that they're more close combat oriented army, they're going to get their ass shot off the table. Right. right. And Admech is ridiculous at that. And that, and I'm glad you said that. You would think that they're more close combat oriented because they were called the Apex Predators. Right. I heard that and I went, I like close combat. I love the models, and then I bought them, and I went. These things are trash in close combat. All right, I, I do. Have, I, I do remember something that I wrote down that I, before I forget the term that I want to you talk were, to you about. You wrote down. I thought you typed everything. Oh no, not not me, man. I I, I like my left-handed chicken scratch. It's kind of like Egyptian hieroglyphics. Uh, so so here's what I want to say. I, I've got a question about this this thing that I read about uh, in in their book. And folks, I apologize. Uh, I'm, I'm I'm getting up to speed with 40k. Someday I'm going to be the greatest around, but. Um, Digestive denial. Now, this one caught my eye because I have a question about this digestive denial. Um, So if I recall right, this is where they can eat both heavy cover and and other types of cover. Does this mean the Tyranids can destroy terrain? 
Do they no, have that ability? Okay. No, they can't destroy terrain. What that is, it's a two CP stratagem. Then before their game begins, you can pick a piece of terrain on the table, and the units don't benefit from the light cover rule. Okay. Uh, so light cover being in okay. almost all area terrain pieces that are ruins, you get plus one to your armor save. I can take a digestive denial and say that piece of terrain doesn't provide the benefits of cover, which can be very good if you're doing shooting tyrannids. Which now they got a lot of blast weapons, right? I mean, Tyranids are, are, are pretty pretty stocked with those things. Venom cannons do, and all that kind of stuff. They do, but the frame you put them on don't survive long enough for you to utilize them to be efficient. Really? Because I, I thought blast weapons were, 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 were kind of the, you know, I, I, they, they work pretty good. on I, my, my rapid-fire battle cannons do fairly well on, on, on the knights. I mean, um, I would think that, that the heavy uh, Venom cannons are... I think they're going to be a lot more dangerous against units of say six or six or more. Um, right. Well, know. a heavy rhythm cannon would then go to maximum of three shots because it's D three shots. Sure. So you wouldn't roll. It would just be three if it's six or more. Right. But you don't run into that very much because a lot of people MSU it and their units are five or less. So now you're rolling. Ah, so, and, okay. So that's how they counteract the blast then. Okay. Yeah. All right. And now Tyranids get vastly affected by blast. If you have 30 guys, and you're getting shot by, oh, plasma interceptors, that's six shots per interceptor, and there's usually five in a unit. Okay. Five dudes, six shots apiece, going in and just decimating a 30-man squad. That's where the issue comes in with blast. And But the beginning of this conversation, we talked about, I don't know, terrain. If I can hide stuff. Yeah, right. You know, and then leapfrog to where it needs to be, you know, because not every war in 40K was fought on Planet Bowling Ball and not every war was fought <laughs> yeah. in inner ruins. I get it. Sure. But it's competitive-wise, my opinion, and this has kind of been resounded from the events that we ran on Armed Forces Day, is that for 40K, training needs to be symmetrical and not benefit any person more than the other one based off of the terrain itself. It should be benefited based on the list that you bring. Mm-hmm. So terrain of 40K with Tyranids, infantry, models with fly, all those do really well because you can move through the terrain freely. Uh, monsters cannot. So a monster has to go around it. Okay. Well. So that slows them down. But there's a couple of good shooting units for Tyranids, Hive Guard being one of them, because one of the most powerful things in 40K is called uh, LOS shooting, where I don't need line of sight. I can okay. sit behind the wall and shoot you. Sure. With like magic bullets. Hive Guard have that and they're good. But once again, they can be mitigated. Uh, dense cover makes them minus one to hit. So now they hit on fours. Uh, 12 shots hit on fours, you're averaging six hits. Right. So, you know, you're already diminished there as you go through it. And any other monster, you have to see what you're shooting at and you may kill it. But then the next turn, your monster is probably dead. I look at building a list to where. Will this unit be able to perform its function more than just one time? Sure. Well, don't have of that course, that that's, well, that's, I mean, and you should be building every list that way. But I, I want to kind of peel it back here a little bit because I, I, you know, I'm, and I want to get into the units because I think there's a lot of, I think there's a lot of good, what I've noticed about the Tyranids, and I want to get into this too much, is that their units are either really good or really poor. I don't think there's an okay Tyranid unit that I've come across in, in, in my right. thing, but I want to see how they react. 
you know, so so I, I want to kind of peel it back here a little bit. The way that my mind works as far as when I'm looking at an army and a list is how are they going to react when it's crunch time? So what I'm getting at is how does the morale phase, when you get into that, is does it does it treat the bugs pretty good? I mean, are, are we they, looking they, at them? Yeah, Tyranids, if you're built correct, they don't care about the morale phase. You're never taking a morale phase. Yeah, I, I, I heard somebody say one time that there's like a 20% chance to automatically pass uh, you know, and even if you fail, I guess you're, 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 you're likely, you know, to lose very little of, of, of that unit to, right. to if, the morale phase. If you have to take a morale test, the way it would work is, is you roll a six sided dice right? and then however many models you lost, you add to it and you compare that to the leadership. If that roll That's, is higher right. then one model runs away. Right. Then yep. you pick up dice for the remaining models in a unit. If that unit is under 50%, Every roll of a one or a two is another model that runs away. If that unit is still over 50%, it's just a roll of a one, models run away. But the vast majority of Tyranid units outside of the troops and some of the elites right. have what's called synapse. So if you're within a foot or 18 inches of a synapse creature, you don't even take them around. Okay. So so let me let me let me throw this out there of why I asked. And I'm, I'm, if my memory is a little off on this, uh, you know, let me know. But I'm going back to 8th edition because that's technically when I really started to kind of get warmed up to 40K and really started to play. So a lot of units back then got caught. And I'm talking about Tyranids. And, and uh-huh. I, remember, I remember specifically one time you and I played a really brief game with my knights and your nids, and it was at a, another store. Oh, yes. uh, and I, I seem to recall that um, if, if you have you – were, you were explaining to me something about Synapse and that your units, if they're, if they're not within that bubble – um, it, it, they they could take losses pretty quickly. They they pretty much evaporated, and that was one of the yeah. biggest things you were talking about as far as cohesion. And and that was a big gripe of yours at that time. Yep. And so, have they have they kind of recovered from that ninth edition? Uh, well, they have, but there's it, it all depends on the builds you go through. One of the ones that I did for a long time, they have some really really good units. The morale phase and the cohesion of it. As long as you keep your synapse creatures alive, you're fine. If something right. goes out to venture on their own, sure, they're probably screwed. Sure, sure. You know, sure. Because they suffer from things called instinctive behavior. So if you're not within synapse range and you shoot at something that's not the closest target, you get a neg one to hit. If you are not in synapse range and you charge something, you have to charge the closest unit. Okay. All so, right. so they're very, they're very animalistic. I get it. Right. Right. But you're rarely going to run into that because people build it to where they have um, synapse pretty much everywhere. They got a lot of overlap. And, and you know, here's the thing. I, I didn't mean to kind of take us on an offshoot there because I think it's oh, safe no, to say that, that most of the other ninth edition core rules changes and things like that have, have really kind of impacted uh, every army in the game. Right. So, uh, we, with, so with that said, you know. Yeah. Blast and the... Um, Coherency rule is the biggest thing that affect the Tyranids for what they did. Okay. Because units of 30 don't like blast. And if you have a 30 man unit or anything that's over six, they have to be within two inches of two other models. Yep. yep. So, so if you have 30, you can't just 
wagon wheel out all over the board and control yeah. everything. You're not going to daisy chain all over Hell's Half Acre. Right. right. Which is good, which, which is the right call, 100%. Right. I, I agree with that one. And, and we're 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 seeing that coming coming into the uh, the, the younger brother game too. That, that's uh, yep. that's definitely coming into it. But you know what I want to do? I want to set us up when we come back from the break here because uh, I want to set us up to kind of talk about more of the units and, and kind of where I when, when I peeled off and kind of ruined your flow there in, in the middle of the oh. conversation earlier. Because but I want to say this. I want to warm us up with this before before we head off to the break. Is that um, right off the bat? I'm going to say this right now. This army has, as I said, kind of in the beginning, it's got some it's got some great tabletop strengths, and that's what I was saying before. These these tiered units seem to be either good or poor i've never seen an okay one you know yep. to me this army has excellent board control options um yep. you know if you're going to run like you were saying 180 termagants uh at negative one to hit uh you know your, your opponent's not going to have a very good day I, right. I think they have some i believe they have some pretty powerful psyker and counter psyker abilities i think that's going to be a benefit to them mm-hmm. and in, in my you know five thousand foot view i think characters and monsters um having damage charts. I mean, I'm used to that. Uh, I think they're going to degrade over time, but I think, I think that they're reliant enough to be able to withstand some of that, but we're going to get into some of those units and specific uh, characters and hero, you know, uh, HQs and all that kind of stuff. When we, when we come back, cool. Yep. Yep. Good to go. All right. We'll be right back. Stick around. Hey gang, I wanted to take a break in today's show to introduce one of our sponsors and a great store for all of your hobby needs. That's GameStorm Gaming in Lamont, Illinois. Open seven days a week, 12 to 12. GameStorm Gaming has got you covered for all of your hobby and gaming needs. They got Magic the Gathering, War Machine, X-Wing, Game of Thrones, Force of Will card game, PC gaming and repair, Warhammer 40K, and Age of Sigmar, and a ton more. Grab paints, brushes, cases, Dice and a lot more at GameStorm Gaming in Lamont, Illinois. Stop in and see John and the gang there at GameStorm Gaming, located at 1243 State Street, Lamont, Illinois, or check them out on their website at GameStormGaming.com. Again, that's www.GameStormGaming.com. They also stay open past midnight for special cases and events. So get over there and get your nerd on with GameStorm Gaming, 1243 State Street, Lamont, Illinois. 630-243-9330. 630-243-9330. Again, that's GameStorm Gaming, 1243 State Street, Lamont, Illinois. GameStorm Gaming is a proud sponsor of Grimdark Live. We hope to see you there. Hey, you Grimdark goons. Thank you so much for joining us on the show. But hey, if you're new to the Grimdark Live experience, please don't forget to subscribe, follow, and like our show. This way you'll always know when it's time for Grimdark Live. And if you're a returning listener, thanks for being back. We love all you dice-chucking, blue-sniffing gamer goons. Also, please recommend us to your friends, as Grimdark Live is a great show to get your nerd on every week. And if you like some after-ear action, give our podcast a listen after the live show. The podcast is typically published a couple of days after the live show. The link to the podcast is in the show notes below. And if you're already listening to our podcast, you rock, man. And, if that ain't enough for you, check out our website at www.grimdarklive.com. Again, that's grimdarklive.com. All right, now, let's get back to the show. Bugs, we are continuing that talk here, man. And uh, and, and I, think, I think we really left off the conversation in a, in a good spot before, because 
Um, you know, to me, in, in my in my two cents in a tin can here, when we talk about uh, NIDs and we talk about that, we really got to start getting into their units. And I, right off the top of my uh, top of my head, I want to kind of start. Let's start with the HQ, right? And, and I, I do. I wrote a note here because I do want to talk about some of their 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 fast attack stuff here, which I think is a little uh, ironic in this army. But that's that's down the road. Um, Hive tyrants. I mean, let's let's get let's get right with the uh, with, with with the big boys. I mean. Um, I think they did pretty well between the transition from eighth and ninth, as, I, as I've seemed to uh, see on the boards and kind of read about. I think um, uh, they got. They, I think they got a points increase. I think I've, I overheard some folks uh, complaining about that. But um, what's your what's your five thousand foot view on the hive tyrants? Uh, hive tyrants are excellent HQs. Uh, one thing that makes them really good is we mentioned synapse earlier. What synapse is? They range right of uh, most synapse creatures is twelve inches. And everything that's a tyranid unit within 12 inches uh, is fearless. They don't take morale checks. Right. Well, high tyrant's range is 18. So right. they're really good at being what they are. They're the tyrant of the army. Yeah. They did go up in points, and they went down in points, and they went down in points again. And both so, versions, right? The walking and the winged one, right? Yep. Yeah. They are uh, very usable, but they are no longer the big bully that they were when you could take seven of them. I just so, remember a question. Right. So, with 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 the uh, uh, with the points increases and things like that, and I if I remember right, there was a change to the fallback. Uh, does this does the change to that fallback rule does that does that does that impact their usefulness or or no? I mean, is that is that are, am I making too much out of nothing? No, not really for the high parent. Okay. Okay. Not really, they fly. Well, so the, sure. So the- Pullback one really doesn't bother him too much. Well, in other yeah. words, what you're saying is this could be where the walking hive tyrants could kind of go the way of the dodo, right? Uh, yeah, well, the walking hive tyrants, they have their places too because they're not that expensive and they shoot pretty well. Okay. So you can get the hive tyrants like you, the Venom Cannon and other shooting and still walk around and they still move Okay. Uh, yeah. pretty well. So. Yeah, you, you put a Venom you put, uh, Venom Cannon on that thing, now you're going after elites and tanks and you're, you're kind of a hunter out there. I get it. All right, cool. Yeah. So All the... Right. the the, but still, the best way to run them is uh, there's no incorrect way, but I think the best way to run them is still to give them wings, even though the model is like this wide. So it's <laughs> a good terrain. Yeah, I'm kidding you not. It's a foot foot wide with his wingspan. I love it. So to try and hide them, you got to like finagle them and turn them so they can't get shot at. Sure. Because they still do move 16 inches and can charge. And they're okay. They're Let me rephrase. They're good in combat against hard targets they're terrible against larger units because they only have four attacks okay all right so they're not killing 10 marines which is ridiculous and that needs to change um so they're good to go out because you can beef them up to where they do some serious damage in close combat and you can go out and charge that key model that key one piece or go harass an objective and they're not the easiest things to kill. People have to put some work into it. But they're, they're good at, um, what's the word I'm looking for? For a scalpel, not a broadsword. Okay. There's All specific right. things they need to go after. And it's not seven terminators. It's right. not 30 boys. You know, it's, I need to go after the war boss. I need to go after the HQ. Or I need to go over here and get these five scouts off of the objective. Those kind of things this is what the high tyrant's for. So it's still a quality unit. And you'll see them pop up in competitive lists. 
so sticking with the HQ, I mean, we got the Swarm Lord, right? We've got the the Brood Lord. We got the Tyrant Prime or the Tyrant Prime. I'm sorry, yeah. and we've got the uh, the Neurothrope. Let, let's kind of yeah. let's kind of, and I, we're going to get to your favorite one here in a minute, man. I'm saving the best for last on that well, one, but let's. Other one that you brought up, the only ones worth mentioning that are good is the Swarm Lord. Okay. Okay. Um, reason being, he's basically a souped up high tyrant. Um, he moves nine inches. He has the eighteen inch. Okay. Uh, synapse range, blah blah blah. But he has one of the um, best abilities in the game, and that's called Hive Commander. So in the shooting phase, you can pick a friendly unit within six inches of him, and that unit can move again. Okay. So, and Tyranids are incredibly fast. Like a high, flying Hive Tyrant moves 16 inches. So in a Swarm Lord, it moves nine. So if you advance the Swarm Lord, put it behind terrains where he can't get shot at, he's within six inches of that Pirate. You're going to have that Pirate move again. So he just went 32 inches and can charge. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, <laughs> that's ballistic moving. But but here's one yeah. thing. When you when you brought up that commander role, there was something that I I, I over I, I read, I think it was on, on Reddit or one of the boards, uh, some yeah. NIDS players talking about this Supreme Commander keyword thing. And, and they really want to see this brought into 9th edition, uh, and they were referring to him as Old Swarmy. Um it, it, is this is this going to be a huge benefit if this happens to him? No, it won't happen to anything in the Tyranids, I don't believe, because the it doesn't fit like the lore for a Tyranids, okay. because there's no okay. really um, a named character a tyr- in a Tyranids was named by its enemies. Oh, I see. Oh, yeah, right. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, it's not like Otherwise, a it makes sense. Anything like that. So sure. If they do that, damn, they better make him uh, terrifying. Oh well, I mean. Something tells me that Tyranids need to be feared again. I, I get the yep. idea that the reputation has kind of fallen off a little bit in the community, and I and I I hope that they get back to their uh, scary scary place. But 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 before, let me say this: before we get to your your guy, your 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 big beastie, um, to me, Gary, I think I think most of the most of the HQ are, are pretty are pretty useful, pretty solid, pretty even great if, if you want to get to that point. And I think it'd be nice to just um, what am I trying to say here? Uh, have their own type of detachment, have their own right. type of, you know, I, I think, I, I think, I think they compete for a lot of slots. At least that's what I'm reading and seeing. I think, I think a right. lot of people are kind of playing like hero juggling that that we talk about a lot. Right. Well, you see the staples that go into Tyranids, which is uh Neurothrope, Swarm Lord, and usually a Hive Tyrant of some sort or a Brood Lord. You don't really see Turbagons that much. You don't see Tyranid Primes that much. Malanthropes you do if it's based off of a shooting army. But the three major ones is the Hive Tyrant, Broodlord, Swarm Lord. Okay. Those are kind of the staples. Broodlord's infantry, he can be sub gene stealers, and he can cast psychics. Neurothrope can cast psychics with um, good efficiency. And Swarm Lord is just, he does what he does. He's a sure. uh, catalyst to the rest of the army that you kind of have to take. Okay. So here it is, man. Drum roll. We got we got old one eye man. You're, yeah, this is your guy right here. So he took he took a points increase from what I understand. But I mean, where, where is he at? How are we? Uh, is is he, oh, is he does he still is he still getting all the love out there? But he's not. But okay. um, the gaunt carpet carpet army, the one with like three hundred gaunts in it. Yeah, you have to have some sort of punch in it still to get rid of stuff. So essentially, you take your punchy units and you put them in the middle of all of those and you slowly move them up the board. 
Right. So remember me just stating that Swarm Lord can double move something? Yeah. So old one eye moves seven inches, and if you advance him, and you have him in Kraken, 3D6, pick the highest. Sure. So he goes 12 inches, and if you spin a grand point, you can double that. So right. he can go 17 inches. Then if you get Onslaught off, you can move and advance him again with Swarm Lord, and he can still charge. Okay, well, that's... This is a Carnifex with a name. And Knights, big targets, small targets, right. it doesn't matter. He's great against all of them because of the profiles that he had. Okay. I.e. Crushing Claws. So he's strength seven, and Crushing Claws is strength times two. So he's strength 14. Wow. Okay. AD, neg three, and three damage. And it says, oh, when you when you attack with him, you have to subtract one. That's fine. Because whenever he charges, he gets plus one. So it doesn't matter. That goes away. Okay. Okay. And when he makes a charge on a four plus, whenever he charges, takes D3 mortal wounds. He has five attacks. And each time that you roll a six plus to hit, mm-hmm. he gets additional attack. Interesting. And there's a way to get him to fives. You know, so he can go in and just start to tear things apart. Because uh, crushing claws are three flat damage on okay. five attacks. And but if you're now going against um, your hordes, okay, if you will. You've got um, your scything talent, those aren't negatives to hit. It says you can reroll hit rolls of one. The bear makes more than one pair of tide saws. They can make one additional attack. So now you're up to six. Each type of fights, and it has a thresher scythe to go through it. And he still gets the bonus attacks as he goes. Okay. So you can get him. Here's how that all goes together before I lose everybody. He's got an ability called Alpha Leader. Yeah, You're right. going to add one of the hit rolls in the fight phase for friendly Carnifex units within six inches of this model. He's a Carnifex. So he gets plus one to hit. Okay? Okay. So now all those additional hits are coming on fives, not sixes. It says, in addition, while there are any high fleet Carnifex with three inches of this model, enemy models cannot target it with ranged attack. So that's because he's an Alpha Leader. To sure, right. 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 Which I just came across yeah. something I want I want to ask you about when when we get there. About right. It. And he also gets um regenerates one root a turn. Berserk rampage. Each time you make a hit roll of six plus rolls one eye, blah blah blah. It makes one additional attack, the same weapon against a unit. Use these attacks, do not confer extra attacks, which is fine. So sure. what all that means is you go inside the talents, you have six attacks hitting on twos, and you're gonna re roll ones. And any fives or sixes or additional hits. That's... And the weapon profiles, the weapon profiles are all three damage, neg three AP, all of them. You know, so, th- this guy, this guy's a rock star. <laughs> I'm just, I'm is. just gonna, I'm just gonna he come out there and say that. There. That's well, uh, but but okay, I, I, w- I want to touch on that because I knew that's where you were gonna go with this. So I did a little research while you were talking, and there's this FAQ that came out on this guy. And it's gonna it's gonna give him basically like a lookout, sir, right? He has that. Yeah. So so here here's the thing that I'm I'm, I'm I guess I'm 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 trying to boil down here. If you've got old one eye that's within three inches of say any any unit, um, uh, Carnifex, yeah. right? Unit. Yeah. Uh, he's not really going to be possible for to be targeted for any type of shooting attacks. So essentially, Correct. he's got that lookout, sir. So so let me let me boil all the water out of the pot here. So what we're what we're talking about here effectively with this dude is. If he's an alpha, right, an alpha leader, yep, he can actually be in the front of the freaking unit, 
No. And well, I mean, okay, so so he can he can basically he can, he can he can lead the pack from the front, right? Isn't that I mean, isn't that what I'm understanding well, from this? He can be the in the front. The way that rule works is, um, uh, in addition, if there are any high fleet Carnifex units, yes. So if there's a Carnifex unit within three, correct, he can lead from the front. You can't shoot at it. Right. He has a character that's under ten wounds, so he also benefits from the lookout sort of rule, to where you can't target him if he was then three inches of a monster or a unit with three or more models in it. Okay. But the caveat to the second rule is the alpha leader only benefits if he's with other carnifexes. The other rule, the lookouts are, if he's the closest visible unit, he can still be shot at regardless of what he's by. Okay. But this one does protect them, so they have to kill the other carnifexes. So the issue with that, though, is the other carnifexes are bad. Here, here's, a, here's a dumb question, then, possibly a dumb question. Does this mean that one eye is effectively immune to Overwatch if he's if he's flanked by another no, Carnifex? Overwatch is different. Okay. Overwatch okay. Is, I, I, yeah. I wanted to ask that because I'm thinking to myself, if he's flanked by another Carnifex, does he, is he effectively immune to that? You still get Overwatch. Okay. Okay. All right. I got it. Okay. I'm, I'm following you. Um, yep. So uh, let's, let's keep it rolling here because I think, I think we're, we're at a point where I, I'm starting to kind of really understand where where Tyranids are as far as ninth edition, but you know when, when you talk about don't leave home without them type of units, uh, I first want to say this before we get into that. I want to take I want to take a little bit of break from that and this thing before I forget this. Fast yep. attack with this army because the army is very fast in itself. Yep. To have a fast attack army kind of seems a little um, it, it, it seems a little uh, redundant to have a fast attack slot for basically an army as an army mechanic because of what yeah. they because of what this army mechanic does as far as moving fast i mean it, i mean what what would be considered a fast attack unit in this army well the only fast attack unit that's worth taking in this army is a dimicaro okay okay because the other okay. ones are just not good <laughs> yeah yeah i i mean um they used to be what about what about gargoyles gargoyles uh the only good thing about a gargoyle is the problem is you have to take them in units of 10. Ah, okay. You can use oh, them for okay. engage to get secondaries and things like that. They do die rather quickly. So if you can't hide them and somebody shoots them, you've now lost that ability. They can deep strike. They do perform their function of scoring points. They do not perform a function of killing anything. Okay. All right. So, so enough with that. I, I won't. I won't pin too much on on the fast yeah. attack because I think that's one of the more lesser used build to methods for this army. But I want to round yeah. it back around to where we left off at the very beginning, and that's when when you brought up the hive guard. So let let's go. Let's start in with the elites. You know, walk us down that right. a little bit. And you know, when when you talk about the don't leave home without them type of okay. units, right? This is why you don't see um, gargoyles because elites have some very good choices that are inside of them. We'll start with the Hive Guard. Hive Guard are terrifying to the Space Wolves, the army that I play. Right. I don't want to see Hive Guard at all. Here's why. Okay. So they have a thing called an Impaler Cannon. range is 36 inches. They don't need line of sight. Okay. So they oh, can wow. sit really? okay. I, I just caught up wall. with that. Right. They can sit behind a wall and shoot you. And they if you take you take six of them. And it's a heavy two weapon, so you're going to get 12 shots, right? Okay. If you position it correctly and you're not having to shoot through dense terrain, dense terrain in 40K means you're minus one to hit whatever you're shooting at if you have to draw a line of sight through that terrain. So they hit on threes. Right. If they didn't move, 
they and you take high fleet chronos which if you don't take them i don't know why you're taking anything else high fleet <laughs> chronos says if you don't move you can reroll ones to hit when you're shooting so you just park these guys centrally located behind line of sight blocking terrain and just pump out 12 shots a turn hitting on threes rerolling ones at at strength eight neg two ap d3 damage and whatever you're shooting at does not receive the benefits of cover right so if you're behind a wall and i shoot you normally you get plus one to your save you do not okay so you're yeah. going to be on like a four up or a five up save and it's d3 damage and a lot of these marines have two wounds right so you can shoot through there so if you take two units of these that's 24 shots and there's a stratagem that lets you shoot one of them again so it's 36 shots a turn pumping out of those to get rid of annoying things that come get into your line. Sure. That's why Hive Guard are good. Now, the disadvantage. Okay. They're 45 points a model. Well, yeah. Uh, they did go and, up. A lot of people are complaining about that. And if they are in dense cover or they have anything that makes you minus one to hit, you're hitting on fours, re-rolling ones, which is significantly worse than threes. Okay, let, let me let me touch on the hive guard as far as their points increases that I think a lot of people are complaining about. Um, but isn't it because they have these default weapons that are now baked into their cost? So I, I think a lot of people are getting a little bent out of shape at the quote unquote sticker shock. But the, I, I think it's I think I think they're, they're that's kind of the route. I saw them do this with knights. They're they're kind of baking these things into. Yeah. the cost of the unit and that that's gonna that's gonna bump the the, the model up a little bit well it's right? going to but look the board got smaller this thing's got 36 inch range so it might as well be 48 okay and if you're a good general and tactician when you put your stuff on the board you're gonna be like okay there's dense terrain there there's dense terrain over there there's an objective right here that does not have dense terrain between it sure i'm gonna set up to where i can shoot at that objective and this unit's goal is to keep that objective clear the entire game. Okay. All right. And work with other things to go in there. I think the points cost is fine because of what they can do. Shooting that doesn't require line of sight is incredibly strong in 40K. Incredibly strong. And that's why they're at the way they are. So Hive Guard that's true. is, if you're a new player, you can't go wrong with Hive Guard when you put them in your list. Okay. I played a game. Uh, Aaron helped me draw the list. I had 18 of them on the board. Dude, that's 18 hive guard on the board. Mm -hmm. So that's 36 shots plus a stratagem that gives you 12 more shots each okay. turn. All right. 36 inch range. So it, right. it, they do work. So we, we've talked about the troop choices. We've talked about the elites. We talked about the HQ. Uh, we kind of laughed oh. a little bit about fast attack. Right. There's one troop choice that we did miss that's kind of making a comeback. Oh, all right. Uh, Gene Steelers. Okay. All so right. They're, they're, they're expensive. But now if you take them units of five, right. they move eight inches. And that eight-inch thing is going to be a very uh, important distance. All right. I guess my, my mind, I was thinking pure tyrannids on, on tonight's talk. But okay, yeah, Gene Steelers. Right. Oh, no, okay. Gene Steelers are pure Okay. Okay. Yeah. All that's, right. one of their, that's one of their troops. Gotcha. You didn't hear them a lot because they were overpriced. They still are. But if you take a unit of five, a lot of the secondaries and 40k have to be done by infantry okay and it has to be done more than six inches away from something so if you have a unit of five that moves eight inches you can get them in the correct spot and infantry so they can perform that action 
Okay. You'll die each turn, but two points is two points. Okay. You can just do that each turn. You're good. So you take three units of five, and you go. I'm going to take engage on all fronts or scanners, or the case may be. They're an actual viable option. People make mistakes. Take them at twenty. Go out and kill stuff, and then you die next turn because they don't fly. So like playing against your knights, you're like, okay, I'm going to let you kill this armager, and then I'm going to kill your gene stealers the next turn. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Okay. So let, let's get into heavy support uh, units because I, I I firmly believe just by the just by the the nature of this <laughs> army that this is going to be a strong point for Tyranids. So so I'm going to open up with this question to you: Is this where Nid players are going to likely be seeing the largest trunk chunk of their their points going into terms uh, with with ninth edition costs and, and army builds? I mean, this is where you're seeing it right here because it would seem to me yeah. that that monsters in general. Uh, all over the place, either game, 40k especially, have been seeing yep. some some hikes in their in their game points, yep. and I think um, I think with a lot of the rules like big gun, big guns never tire. Uh, yep. I think that allows them to shoot while in engagement range. I think there's a lot of benefits here with these with these monsters, especially with these sure. nids. But uh, thoughts? Let's hear that. Yeah, they're heavy support. They have good options that are in there. Exocrine is very solid every time. Um, the trigons are. Eh, nowadays, trying effects are very good used situationally. The big winners were the Forge World units, the barbed and scythe hair duels because right. of how tough they are to go through. So uh, they're not hurting in heavy support. Exocrines can pick up Marines like nobody's business. And trying effects have acid spray that are phenomenal against stuff. You can't really charge them with a mediocre unit. And a barbed hair duel will sit in the back and just annihilate stuff if you take it as chronos because they're setting at a two up save that's big right in a tyranid book there's nothing else with two up saves at toughness eight so there's toughness of night sure yeah 18 wounds so they can be shot at okay there's a disadvantage but they're only 275 points and they have these two bio cannons so it's 12 shots strength eight neg two two damage Okay. And you make chronos and they hit on threes, re-rolling ones. So you park them where you have line of fire, and then you drop some um, what's called a venom throat unit next to them, mm-hmm. out of where people can't shoot at them, and everything within X inches of the venom throat were negative one to hit. Yeah, and, and the so, other thing too I want to throw out there: the, these uh, uh, I'm going to go back to my, my but, but most of their weapons are assault type, right? So. Well, we got, especially, especially with the big guns never tire. So, well, the uh, the big guns never tire thing is whenever you're if somebody's around you, you can still shoot at them. Right. If it's a heavy weapon, you're minus one to hit. If it's an assault weapon, that's right. Okay, I, I'm correct. It, okay, right. If it's blast, you can't use it. Got it. So, okay, All but right. um, the way you keep these guys alive to make them really good is you can make them neg one to hit permanently. You take a elite choice called a maliceptor. He's got a pretty cool stratagem for two command points. Everything within six inches at him. When your enemy shoots at that unit, their weapon strength is minus one. So okay. this barbed hair duel coming in at toughness eight means that a last cannon is wounding him on a four. And anything that's eight is wounding him on fives. So there's your durability to keep him yeah. alive. Yeah. Yeah, that is some durability for sure. Um, so, so here's the thing while we're wrapping up the Tyranids talk here, Gary, I, I kind of want to throw this out to you as, as, as any Tyranids player, take somebody, what advice you being a very good Tyranids player, 
What advice do you have for Tyranids player right now, ninth edition? How are they going to compete and win? What what advice would you give them? Um, figure out which play style you like. If you like movement and like chest style play, uh, start painting a lot of gaunts. That's what I would do. And then get your support characters, make them fearless, give them some side of save that they can get, and then learn movement. There's two things in 40K that you can control that your opponent really can't do much about. Deployment and movement. Everything else is dice and stratagems and command point related. So if you go with the carpet one and you learn how movement, like look at every mission and go, these objectives are this far apart. These objectives are this many inches apart. So if I set up this way, I can get to all of these objectives and then my opponent has to pick which ones to move me off of. And if they don't kill everything, it's still mine. Then the next mm-hmm. turn, you just move forward and do that. That's a good start, but it's a um, tall order to collect and paint that much stuff. Yeah. So, but if your play style is more of the assault wise, find yourself some Demacarons, Flyrants that are equipped for close combat, get you some tiered warriors that can set on objectives that are durable and just ABC it. Just go, you get, and the great thing about Tyranids, they don't even have to be near you. You're so fast. You can go yeah. charge something 30 inches away. So you can go that route. And the very last one, which is probably the best recommended if you're learning to compete is get yourself a balanced one where you have some board control you have some shooting you have some close combat and then you learn it as a whole yeah you know it's funny um, folks you're, you're you're getting the advice from one of the best i mean the, the, the guy I'm, I'm not saying that because you know he's a co-host here on grimdark live i'm not saying that because he's a damn good friend of mine i'm saying that because the guy the guy's got a reputation. He's got street credit as far as NIDs. So listen to everything the guy said here tonight. And uh, and and the biggest part is, you know, uh, I thought it was a great discussion, man. I learned a lot. <laughs> I took a lot. I, I, I did leave one thing out, and I would okay. be, I wouldn't be what you just said I was if I didn't mention it. Then this. then mention it, man. I don't, I don't want to tarnish your reputation any more than I already so, do. Zone throws are yeah. a very good build either. They're very good, but also they're in a leech. You put a near throw around them. And you do, if you've got a larger unit and you do a smite, a typical smite does D3 mortal wounds. If you have more than three and your smite goes off, it does two D3 mortal wounds and the range is 24 inches, not 18. Okay. And they have a three up invulnerable save. For you AOSers, that's a ward save. Right. So our, they, they can't, AP doesn't affect it. And they have three wounds apiece. And sometimes you just don't fail invulnerable saves. And you can just move those guys forward and be a bully with them and just do mortal wounds across the board. The reason why that's good, because there's a lot of Marine plays out there and a lot of elite armies out there, and they don't like mortal wounds because they get no saves against them. They just die. Right. But they throw in one Calexus and a counter to it, it's rough. So don't forget about zone throws as a final reminder on the way out. Like it, man. So, folks, I hope you enjoyed the conversation here with the Nids. And uh, as we wrap up the show, man, I'm going to take the uh, I'm going to take the closing thoughts here on uh, on tonight's show. Um, and if you've been uh, if you've been kind of watching some of the past shows and, and some of the things we've talked about, we usually try to talk about you know competency in your own play style. You know, be your own type of gamer. And um, I came across an interesting video, and I really like this channel. If you guys ever get a chance to check out this channel, check out All Specs Tactics. Uh, they they do they do a great job. They do a fantastic job. The guy is um, the guy's damn good. I'm gonna, I'm going to give kudos to that guy right off the bat. 
Um, and I saw, but I, I think I think there's good and bad about videos like that. And I'm not knocking the guy, folks. I'm not. But what I'm saying is the guy is so informative and so influential that sometimes people in their minds, their frontal lobe mentality, they can they can misconstrue what his message was. It's a great video, though. Check it out. And it's it. I, I saw a video on YouTube by him that was asking if Bellacore was competitive, specifically in the uh, in, in the 40k realm. Um, and, and another one, another video, not, not by this guy, but another one stating why you should build around Bellacore. You know, and I've seen this. I've seen this now in 40K. I've seen it in Age of Sigmar. You know, every, for a while there, everything was Nagash, and I'm not going to get into that. But I think a lot of times we fall into the trap of gamers as the quick fix. We're always looking for that, that way to be the big winner. And sometimes we got to remember that when you, when you, when you take a, a model like uh, Gilliman, or you take a model like Bellacore, or you take a model like Nagash, you're playing with other people's toys. And I think that that limits, in my opinion, one man's opinion here, folks, I think it, I think it diminishes your ability to be your own type of gamer. And I think that's a dangerous trap that people get into, because then I think it, it, it prematurely gives you that haste for the game, and you don't really appreciate your mistakes as a learning experience. You look at everything as a negative, and I've seen it happen. So, you know, get out there and, and first build that army, build that army, you know, play what you like, but then as you learn to play it, really build that army around yourself. And I'm not saying, I'm not saying that named characters are a poor way to go. Folks, I'm not saying that at all. But what I am saying is if you're going to, if you're going to take advice from people like say, you know, Gary tonight, we talked about, you know, Tyranids or, or myself, uh, if you want to talk about Ogre Maw Tribes on the AOS side, or even Knights on the 40k side, whatever you want to talk about, that's one thing. But you know, to ask if Bellacore is competitive, here's what I would say. Can the general of that army make Bellacore competitive, regardless of who the heck Bellacore is? Because at the end of the day, folks, he's still a plastic dolly you got to push around on the table. Or I'm sorry, Gary, an action figure that you got to push around on the table. And at the end of the day, it's always the general more so than the army. The army is going to be forgiving. But just remember that, folks. Don't ever let somebody influence you on how to build your army. Be around good players because that's how you're going to learn. But yep. don't don't automatically think that Bellacore is going to be the end all be all to all your happiness and, and your success. That's all I got to say. All right, be your own type of gamer. That's that's my two cents in a tin can. And that's what we do here on Grimdark Live, man. We're just uh, we're an opinion show. We're like uh, we're like sitting up here with you know your old Uncle Pat and Uncle Gary at the bar, and we're just you know uh, we're, we're 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 telling you old war stories over a beer, right, Gary? Yep, pretty much. That's and. <laughs> and that's what we got, man. And that's our show, uh, Gary. Good show tonight, man. Talk about talk about carrying the br- the bag of bricks on this show, dude. You did a great job. That's all right because your back's hurt from carrying those bag of bricks on the show we just had before this one. So, that's yeah. that's what we do, man. Well, folks, uh, thank you so much for joining us here tonight. And don't forget uh, to, to look out for more content from Dark Live. We got battle reports coming up for Forty K. We got battle reports coming up for Age of Sigmar, and and probably some other content that we're going to surprise you with. And, and don't forget to join us on Tuesdays for our Age of Sigmar show, and next Wednesday for another Forty K show. So thank you so much for being with us, guys. Good night. Good night. Dark Live would like to thank you for slumming through another show with us for all things dice, dragons, demons, and a dwarf in the Warhammer worlds. We'll be back again real soon, so until then, roll them dice fun and fair, and don't be a frickin' short pants. You can get your Grimdark Live fix on our live show or catch us on our Grimdark Live podcast. 
never fear, gang. There'll be more great content from Grimdark Live coming to you each and every week. So stay tuned and stay grim while you dice-chucking, blue-sniffing gamer goons. You're all awesome. Looks like I picked the wrong week to stop sniffing blue. Remember to embrace the main message here on Grimdark Live, and that's a social contract we have between gamers and the commitment we have to each other in this community. We're only as good as our last game. Check us out at GrimdarkLive.com, and don't forget to subscribe, follow, and recommend Grimdark Live to your friends. So long, Grimdark goons. Until next time, may the dice gods bless you and your sweaty palms. Bye. Hey, who are you calling a short